بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى has uniquely created or facilitated for us opportunities to cleanse ourselves generally insan man needs to earn a livelihood man needs to live, live his life and because of that he spends most of his time mixing with others outside the masjid so in the marketplace or in his place of study and five times a day allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has facilitated this system where we come into the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we read salatul jamaat spiritually we get charged spiritually we get cleansed and the ill effects of the society that we were mixing in is removed then a person leaves after the fajr salah goes to work or he goes to study or he goes to his whatever is his activity for the day zuhur time again he is required to leave all of that leave that environment and come into the masjid again the cleansing process salatul jamaat has got multiple benefits so this is a system of shariat where a man is he goes and he comes back and he goes and he comes back this is a system of the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is a unique feature in islam that la rahbaniyah fi islam you don't have to cut yourself off all the time you don't have to be in seclusion only to find allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to get maghfirat from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to get spiritually cleansed rather with our day to day activities in our lives in our practical lives allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has facilitated different different opportunities for us to be spiritually cleansed and for us to progress in the spiritual field also during the day we make an effort for generally the effort is for the body in other words so that you can feed the body so you can clothe the body so that you can house the body and whatever other luxuries that are there are all for the body of insan and every human is made up of two parts his body and his soul so that effort that we are making throughout the day is for the body that allah has given us and the body is also an amana but equally so respected friends and elders the soul that allah has given us the ruh that allah has blessed us with this is also an amana and that also needs to be fed that also needs to be cleared that also needs to be housed that also needs these luxuries that we provide for the body but obviously the luxuries for the soul the cleansing of the soul the feeding of the soul is different from the food of for the for the body a person can have everything of the dunya all the material things that is only serving his body and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not kept satisfaction allah has not kept peace of mind and heart allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not kept peace in satisfaction of the body no real peace lies in the satisfaction of the soul that is where real peace lies that is where satisfaction lies that is where a person is calmed and he feels the difference in his life Junaid Jamshed rahimahullah was famous as a nasheed singer and before that he was a normal singer singer of songs so he mentioned once he says that my life how my life changed i came into contact with mauna tariq jamil sahab rahimahullah ah hafizahullah 
And he says, I told Mawlana Tariq Jameed Sahib, he says, I said, Mawlana, I got everything. I'm living the dream of every Pakistani. In other words, I have everything. He is from, he was from Pakistan. I have the wealth of the world. I live, I know, I go and, and I sleep in the best of hotels and all the luxury. You know, I have all, I have everything going for myself. But still, I'm not feeling satisfied. I still feel something is missing in my life. So he says, Mawana Tariq Jamil Sahib explained to him so simply, he put it. He said, see, whatever you have, all this five-star hotels and the business class seats that you are flying in and the good clothes you may be wearing and the good places you may be visiting and touring and the good food you may be eating, all of this is only serving your body. It's only serving your body. It's not serving the soul. And that is why you are restless, you feel there's something missing, it's because your soul has not been satisfied. Your soul has been starved. That is why you get this condition. Respected friends and analysts, we have to look into our lives. We have some form of dissatisfaction. We have something that is troubling us, something that is missing. Then inspect and see how much am I doing for the soul. It's no use a person has got, you know, he's got a backache, but he's applying the Vicks or applying the ointment on his knees. He's not going to rectify his back. He, you have to tackle the problem at its source. The same here. When the soul is starved, but we are overfeeding, we are actually overfeeding the body and loading the body with, with luxury upon luxury and fulfilling one greed after another, then that soul is going to be more and more starved and that dissatisfaction is going to be there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us today, currently in the dunya, we find so much of, they label it as mental health has become a big issue. People are suffering mentally, emotionally, emotional abuse. We never used to hear this word 20 years ago. And today it is becoming a, a more and more a reality in the lives of people. Many people are, are sick mentally, but respected friends and elders, sick spiritually, Limitless, the amount of people that are sick spiritually and that is the root of the cause. That is the root cause for these problems. When a person's soul is attended for, when a person's soul is cared for, it can only be cared for obviously firstly by obedience of Allah and His Messenger wasallam. then all these other problems will not be there. Then there's no place for depression in that person's heart and mind. There's no depression inshallah that will come to him. There's no suicidal thoughts that will come, that, that, that will run through his mind. Whatever the taklif, whatever the difficulty in front of him, he will still have itminan. He will have itminan meaning he will have satisfaction in the heart. He will still be able to ride that difficult wave. And inshallah live for a better day. And on the other hand, a person can have everything of the dunya. He can have it all, like we may say. Have everything. But if the soul is starved, he's still parashan, he's still in difficulty, he's still in taklif. My beloved father, rahimahullah, used to always mention this incident of the jamaat that had went in Pakistan, a Pakistani jamaat that was in Australia. And they were given a dawat, they were invited to the home of someone for meals. So he says, you know, when the, the jamaat sati had mentioned that when they sent the cars to pick us up, it was the best of cars. We got to the home, it was like from the best of homes, you know, very huge, mashallah, luxurious home. The food that they served us, the best of food. The children were dressed with the best of clothes, the furniture in the home, the best of everything of the best. So in other words, these are, this is another example of what we were speaking about. Everything of the dunya is found. 
He says, when we finished, the Jamaat says, when they finished and they were about to leave, there was a note that was sent from the kitchen, from the lady of the house, that dua karna, make dua for us, hum pareshan hai. We are worried, we have problems. So a person thinks to himself, I mean, you all got it all. You got the best of the best of everything. But still pareshani. That is exactly the situation in the dunya today, respected friends and elders. Upar sherwani and under pareshani. They say in Urdu, outward, uh, outwardly a person is wearing a suit. Wearing a sherwani is like a suit, like how we see it in, in, in our society. Sherwani is they wear on the wedding day. So dressed very nice from the outside, but inside this pareshani. Inside there's restlessness, inside there's worry, there's despair, there's grief. And there's so many other emotional setbacks that a person is undergoing. So if we reverse it, a person who has got his soul sorted out, food for the soul has been given, then whatever the parishani outside, whatever the taklif outside, he'll be able to obey it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept that system. Look at the lives of Sahaba, look at the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so much of faqr, so much of poverty, so much of difficulty they had to undergo, so much of torture in the early days in Makkah. But there was no such thing as a sahabi, any sahabi, mentioned that, you know what, he fell into depression because of his circumstance, because of his taklif. Or there were some suicidal thoughts, or those, nothing like that. There was no parashani inside. Outside it was all, you know, against them. It was all, the odds were against them. But internally in their hearts, they were mutmain. They were content with the condition that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had put upon them. And they lived for better days, mashallah. And Allah opened up the dunya for sahaba radiallahu anhum thereafter. So Junaid Jamshid rahimahullah then mentions, he says, you know, later on when I went in Jamaat, I was spending four months. And he says, I was somewhere in the mountains, somewhere in you know, the northern frontier province of Pakistan, Sarhad. And he says, I was sleeping on a concrete floor. There was maybe a straw mat under under his bedding, obviously. He says, you know, like way in the mountains. No hotel, no five-star, no bed. He says, at that time I phoned Mawana Tariq Jamil Sahib. I told him, Mawana, this is the condition I am sleeping in now. But I feel better and more comfortable than when I was in a five-star hotel. He says, Mawana then told him, see, now because what you are doing, what you are engaged in, is you are now... You, you are now feeding your soul. And that was sick. That was starved. When you put that right, then mashallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put enjoyment in these things. Enjoy, you will enjoy every condition. A mu'min is supposed to praise Allah in every condition. Alhamdulillah, when something good happens, and when something bad happens, we are also taught to say, Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. In whatever condition Allah has kept me, all praises to Allah. The true believer, respected friend, that Allah is automatic. He won't have to force it automatically he'll say, oh, Alhamdulillah. And he'll carry on with his life. Because inside, Alhamdulillah, his soul has been taken care of. That gives him that strength. That makes it easy for him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the system for every person. You go out in the world, and then you come back for your salah. Then you leave after dhuhr, you come back for the asr salah. You go back out, you come back. This is that process, the daily routine Allah has created for us. That within our, 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 our spheres of life and whatever may be our uh, activities of the day and, and of our lives and our duties of life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the system where we leave all of that and we come into the environment of the masjid. We get spiritually cleansed and then we go back out and then we come again. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this system of i'tikaf in the month of Ramadan. 
where a person leaves that environment completely and he remains in the masjid for 10 nights and 10 days. 10 days and 10 nights, now he's not leaving after Fajr and going into the dunya. He's not leaving after Zohar and going to his workplace or for whatever other activity he had outside the masjid. Now he has secluded himself in the masjid, in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This respected friends and elders, the opportunity Allah has given those who alhamdulillah Allah gave tawfiq to sit for, for the sunnah atikaf. This is, this can be a life changing moment for you. Many people, many people in my young life, I have seen many people who change their lives for the better, for good after spending one atikaf. Atikaf of one Ramadan, ten nights in the masjid properly. MashaAllah, the whole life changed. And years have passed. Ten years later, the man is still practicing on the sunnah. He's still, mashallah, that change that he had made is lasting. Like we say, even even a small moment, Allah can give hidayat. But we are discussing now atikaf. Allah has given tawfiq to some to to leave the environment and come and remain in the masjid. Those of us who are not here for sunnah atikaf, we should try as much as possible to make nafil atikaf. Inshallah, this is also an opportunity for us. Together with our other responsibilities, if we couldn't avail the time, or for whatever reason, uh, there was no place, or the, etc., and we couldn't sit for the sunnah atikaf, then nafil atikaf is still available. As much as possible, we should spend time in the masjid. Not only on the odd nights, no. The last 10 days and 10 nights of Ramadan, now the Ramadan is on the final stretch, respected faith and elders. Like we were discussing after the tarawih. This is that final opportunity Allah has given us. So daytime, nighttime, odd night, or even night. Try and spend that night in the masjid as much as possible. Next morning we go to our work and come back. Those that are in nafil atikaf. But those that are in sunnah atikaf, if you spend your time properly, wallahi, this can be a real changing moment for you in your life. Spending your time properly is obviously firstly abiding by the rules of atikaf. A person should not leave the boundaries of the masjid for no valid reason. Valid reason is to go and relieve oneself to go to the toilet, or if a person has to go for a faraz bath, faraz ghusl, then he can leave the masjid. The food, mashallah, is normally catered for in the masjid, so there's no need for the people to leave and, and go out of the masjid. In fact, even when we go for to the toilet, when we return, then the wuzu khana area, the part that is adjacent to the atikaf section, the first five taps or so are part of the masjid, and it's marked. So the idea is to come back and make your wudu in that section. And if... Um, a person didn't go toilet, but he needs to make wudu, then make your wudu in that section, the facility is there in the masjid. And respected friends and elders, that is the basic rule. Basically, don't leave the masjid, remain in the masjid. While we are in the masjid, we have to abide by the rules of the masjid. I mean, if somebody comes to your house, and he acts unethically, comes to the house, doesn't behave, he misbe- oh, his children are misbehaving, he may be a person close to you, you may have some you know, relationship with him, but his children are not behaving and he hasn't cautioned them, trained them. Then the next time, you're not going to invite him to your house. And if you do invite, then you, know, you might exclude the children because they were you know, rowdy. They were rowdy, they were not uh, uh, conducting themselves properly in an orderly manner. The same to us, respected friends and others. We are guests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the house of Allah. And this applies to everyone, sunnah or nafil atikaf. Any person that comes to the masjid, we ought to abide by the, by the etiquettes of the masjid. This is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first thing when we enter the masjid is to enter with the right foot. To recite the masnoon du'as. Uh, if you don't know the du'as, let us learn the du'a. Bismillahi, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. 
اللهم اغفر لي ذنبي وافتح لي أبواب رحمتك وسهل لي أبواب رزقك and there's more du'as to recite when we are coming into the masjid but whatever we can learn even if it is bismillah as a start bismillah and, and, and you enter the masjid والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله is easy for us اللهم افتح لي ابواب رحمتك many of us have, have learned the dua so the first is to enter with the right foot to read the dua when we enter the masjid and then to read two rakats tahiyatul masjid tahiyatul tahiyah actually means a greeting so tahiyyatul masjid is like a greeting for the masjid. Ulama explained this is actually like a greeting you're offering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the primary purpose for which people enter the masjid is to engage in ibadah. And, and the greatest ibadah being salah. So the first thing you should do when you enter the masjid is not to greet someone and sit next to him and talk. Or is not to sit in one corner and maybe take out the phone. Or, do, or even any other ibadah. Or to sit and read Quran, etc. Before all of that, the etiquette is to enter the masjid and read two rakats, tahiyyatul masjid, as long as it is not the makruh time. So it's not after fajr till after sunrise, it's not exactly zawal time, or after asr till sunset. Besides these times, when a person comes into the masjid, he must read two rakats, tahiyyatul masjid. If somebody comes to your house, doesn't greet you. He comes, he sits, he does what he, what he wants to do and he carries on. Again, you're not going to call him back. You're going to label him an unethical visitor. The same here, we are visiting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ulama explained, the person who's sitting in the masjid is sitting in the company of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are Allah's mehman. We are visiting Allah in his house. So when we enter a form of greeting to the masjid, and ulama explained, greeting to Allah is for us to read tahiyyatul masjid. Generally in our communities, we are very lax in regard to the tahiyyatul masjid. Let us inshallah try and, and inculcate this habit of whenever we come into the masjid, we read our two rakas, tahiyyatul masjid. If it is the time for sunnah salah, for example, before zuhur, before asr, before fajr, if a person comes and he makes the intention that he's reading his four sunnahs of zuhur and also tahiyyatul masjid, mashallah, he can, he can achieve both. Make the intention, but. And if a person, the ideal is he comes in and he first reads two rakas, tahiyyatul masjid, and then he reads the sunnah, Salah for, uh, that he was supposed to read for the faras that is to come. And when we are sitting in the masjid, not, not to raise our voices, respected friends and elders. Not to sit and discuss with our friends. Don't form circles and sit and chit chat uh, while away time. We are here to spend the night in the house of Allah, in ibadat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not just to pass the time. Passing time, animals also do. We have to make our time valuable, respected friends and elders. Then what's the difference? I mean, if a person is sitting here and he's sitting and chatting with his friends or he's playing with his cell phone and he's wasting his time or if he was outside. In fact, in some ways it's better he was outside. I mean, being disrespectful to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a sin on its own. So being in the house of Allah, not to be rowdy, not to be noisy and not to sit in groups and engage in chit-chat. Yes, you're sitting to learn. There's learning and teaching taking place. There's talim taking place. Alhamdulillah, that is what is wanted. Another thing to take uh, note of, especially the brothers of Yatikaf, that the balcony on the side, in my extreme right, that balcony is part of the masjid. So sometimes people sit for Yatikaf, some of them have the habit of smoking, Allah give them tawfiq of giving up the habit. Then they don't realize, they go onto the balcony and smoke. You are in the house of Allah and you're smoking. That is not outside. It may seem to be outside the building, but that area has been designated also as the masjid area. So while you are in Atikaf, you can go. You can venture outside onto the balcony to sit and maybe read Quran, make dhikr of Allah, etc. Because that is the house of Allah. Your Atikaf will not break 
But equally so, you can't, you can't be on the balcony and, and uh, smoking. It's a common issue that happens from time to time. Similarly, our cell phones, respected friends and others. If we can make i'tikaf from the cell phone also, it'll be ideal. They don't even bring it. Give this time to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My beloved father, rahimahullah, used to mention when it comes to the cell phone in the masjid, he says, you know, we come, this applies to any visitor of the masjid, it doesn't have to be only those in i'tikaf. We come, we sit in the company of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's as if we are saying to Allah, oh Allah, you know, I'm here as long as nobody phones me. As long as my friend doesn't message me, then I got no time, then I have to give him the time. As long as there's no beep on my phone, then my time is for Allah, I'm making ibadat, I'm sitting, meditating, making dhikr. But as soon as the phone vibrates and rings, then I got no time. Na'uzubillah. No respected friends and elders. You know, the cell phone has got so much of wrongs, there's no need for us to even elaborate. It's known to all. And so many times, you may take out that phone for a legitimate reason. You want to message someone, you want to phone someone, outside the masjid, but you get distracted with the notifications. And by the time you finish with those notifications, somebody messaged you and there's some other Facebook post and there's some other tweet you follow. You even forget the reason you took out the phone from your, from your pocket. That happens to all of us. This is just an example to show us what a distraction it is under normal circumstances. And for us who have, we have taken out some time and dedicated this time for the ibadat of Allah, for seclusion from the outside world, then your seclusion is not complete if that outside world is with you. In your pocket, and it's, and it's, and it's distracting you here in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us people in the house of Allah. Sometimes take out the phone, they're playing games. People take out the phone, reading news in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, ten years ago, if somebody told you, even now, if somebody tells you, you know, we go to one masjid, then there's 50 people in the masjid, five of them are in the corner, they're playing ludu. The other three are playing, uh, uh, monopoly. Na'uzubillah. And there are ten of them, they've got their newspapers. They're sitting with their newspapers in the house of Allah. We'll never believe it. That who in their right mind is going to bring a newspaper and sit and read in the house of Allah? Who's going to bring a magazine? Who's going to bring his ludu board and his monopoly board, etc. and engage in all of that? Who's going to bring his television, his YouTubing in the masjid? Who's going to bring that in? It's never going to happen. But it is happening. It is happening, respected friends and elders, and we are the guilty parties. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. We don't realize negligence and ghaflat has overtaken us. Ghaflat, respected friends and elders, ghaflat and being negligent is almost equal to death. That's how dangerous it is. When a person has got no ihsas, he doesn't feel he's doing wrong. He doesn't realize he's doing wrong. This is equal as being dead. Mona Ahmad Latsab, Hafizullah, always gives the example. He said, this is da'i ka mot. It's like a death of a, of a da'i. Where you got no ihsas. You don't realize what you are doing is not enough or what you are doing is wrong. He says, you, a person gets injured on his hand, for example, and he gets numb. So then he goes to the doctor. The doctor then takes the needle and checks, you know, pokes him in one area. He says, no, I can't feel it. Next area, I can't feel it. As he goes further, then the person jumps. As soon as he can sense the poke. So then the doctor tells him, you see, by this other area here, this whole part here is like dead. He says, why? Because you can't sense, can't feel. That's exactly the condition of a person who is ghafil. It's like he is dead. 
مثل الذي يذكر ربه والذي لا يذكر ربه مثل الحي والميت the hadith says the example of a person who is aware and conscious of Allah remembers Allah he's conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's conscious of his responsibility he's like one who is living and the one who is not conscious and in other words the one who is ghafil like you are saying he's negligent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negligent of his uh, of his duty to Allah then he's like a dead man <coughs> So ghaflat sometimes overtakes us to such an extent we don't realize that we are in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the difference? You are reading the news on, on a screen or somebody brings his big newspaper and he sits and reads. There's no difference between the two. But one we know and we identify as wrong and the other we don't realize and we don't identify it as wrong. We should actually make, you know, we should, we should divorce that cell phone when we come to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether we in nafil sunnat i'tikaf or we came for salah, I mean, that's a small amount of time that we have taken out. Let it not be like we have mentioned earlier, as if we are telling Allah, Oh Allah, I'm here, but if somebody calls me, then I need to give him some attention, na'uzubillah. No respected friends and elders. The cell phone is the killer. In the Whether we're in the masjid or anywhere else, there's so much of harms for it, even in the homes. At least in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let us, let us uh, rid it. Rid the house of Allah, keep, keep the house of Allah clean from the cell phone. And those of us that are here, in Atikaf, if there is no emergency for which you have some person, maybe you know, somebody is ill in the family or his wife is expecting in the last stages, etc., some legitimate reason, if you don't have that kind of an emergency, it's better that phone remains off until there may be some emergency and Allah save us from any such emergencies. Thereafter, respected friends and elders, we should try and ensure that we read our salat with jamaat, takbir ula. We are staying in the house of Allah. As I mentioned, the primary purpose for which people come to the house of Allah is to read salah and to, and to engage in ibadah. So if we are here and we are sleeping in the house of Allah, then our salat, we have to be punctual and on time. And this is a training for us. This is a training for us that we are here, we can prepare ahead of time, be early for salah, be in the front saf, join the salah from the takbir ula. And then after the i'tikaf, inshallah, this can become part and parcel of, of our lives. If we spend our time properly in the house of Allah, in this i'tikaf, respected friends and elders, it will become like home to you. After, after i'tikaf, after when, when the crescent of, of Eid is sighted and people will leave and go home, when you come back to the masjid, genuinely respected friends and elders, you'll be feeling like you're coming back home. You feel like you have created an attachment to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you spend your time properly. But if you were inside here like you are outside, and if there was no difference in our lives when we were in the house of Allah, then there's no real ta'alluq and attachment that's going to be created. And to have an attachment to the masjid, very, very virtuous. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, among those seven people that will be given the shade of the arsh of Allah on the day of Qiyamah. Respected friends and elders, the day of Qiyamah, extreme heat, heat like, no, like never before. The sun will be right above the heads of the people. People will be drowning in their perspiration. Allah save us. Some people perspiration till their ankles, some till their knees, some till their noses. In other words, drowning. Above their mouths and their noses. And they will be drowning. So, so, such heat. On that day to be able to get some shade. On that day to get some cool area. Respected friends and elders. What a great, what a great honor. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith of Bukhari Sharif and Muslim Sharif mentions that there are seven types of people who will have that honor of getting the shade of the arsh of Allah on that day yawmala dhilla illa dhillu on that day when there's no other shade besides that shade that will be provided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
So hot, the first thing you look for when it is hot is some shade if you're outside. Look for a fan or you look for something to cool you down. On that day, respected fans and others, people can look and look and hunt and hunt. You'll find no other shade but the shade provided by Allah in the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And only a selected group of people will be allowed there. Among them are, وَرَجُلٌ قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ بِالْمَسْجِدِ And that person whose heart is connected to the masjid. In other words, when he leaves after one salah, he's waiting to come back. When he comes to the masjid, he's, he's happy he is in the masjid. It's like a fish in water. Unfortunately, the condition, respected friends and elders, is that when we come into the house of Allah, we can't wait to leave the house of Allah. No, you have to have that, that connection and that attachment to an extent that wherever you are, again, deen is practical. You have to go out to work, you have to go earn a livelihood, you have to go out to study, you have to go and do your duties of the dunya. So when a person leaves, he's leaving so he can come back. And whilst he is away from the masjid, he's waiting to come. He's waiting to come. And when he's waiting to come, he'll come on time. He'll come on time, he'll be early, he'll read his tahiyyatul masjid, he will, he will show the adab and respect that is needed in the masjid, respected friends and elders. So this time that we spend in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we spend it properly, we will be creating that ta'alluq and that attachment to the house of Allah, which is needed for every Muslim. And whilst we are here during the day and night, let us set out a pattern of what we want to do. The nafil salat of the day and night, like the hajjud early morning. Then the ishraq salah after sunrise. Salatul Duha, which we refer to as the Chas Salah, mid-morning Salah around 9, 10 o'clock. And then other nawafil for the day, Tilawat of Qur'an, Dhikrullah, Ta'leem of the Fazail Kitabs, Durood Sharif from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Dua, Dua which is so essential, so essential, and Dua which we all need to engage in, we all have needs. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting for us to ask our needs from Him. So take out separate time to engage. One is the dua that is made collectively before the iftar. Collective dua is also closer to acceptance by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But besides that also take out some time in the day to engage every day. Take out some time to engage in dua and increase, gradually increase the time that we spend in dua daily. There are kitabs in which the du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have been gathered like the munajati maqbool from all the ahadith. Firstly from the du'as in Qur'an have been put together. Then the du'as that are found in the books of hadith were all searched, sourced, taken out and put together. And these are arranged according to the days of the week. So every day if you read one, one collection, inshallah, by the end of the week you are reading all the du'as or most of the du'as that have come in the Qur'an and hadith. The Hizbul A'zam is also another such kitab which has got the same thing. Each one in their own sequence. But the same thing, the, the, the du'as of Qur'an and Hadith have been collected and then arranged according to the days of the week, making it easy for us that over the period of one week, inshallah, we can cover, inshallah, majority, the very vast majority of du'as that have come in the Qur'an and the Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq of understanding. Allah give us tawfiq of spending as much time as possible, those of us who are not in sunnah itikaf. Much time as possible in the house of Allah. Abiding by the adab and etiquette, thereby seeing the benefit inshallah. Seeing the benefit in our lives. And those who are here, generally when you spend time with people, you are living with someone, you're spending 10 nights here and there are others with you, then they are, you, you have to learn to also tolerate each other and we also have to consider each other. So when it is late and people are trying to sleep, for example, we should not be making noise and talking loudly. Uh, and if somebody is disturbing us, then 
kindly, you know, softly, gently, we can caution him, remind him. We don't need to scold because you know, when 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 one party gets angry, then the other one automatically also gets angry. So in a kind way, gentle way, let us try and consider each other also and do not disturb the others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give tawfiq. Tonight is an odd night, respected friends and others. Let us spend time in the ibadat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in salat, in tilawat, in dua, in tawbah, in istighfar. Tawbah and istighfar, respected friends and others, is the greatest thing you can achieve. Like we were discussing after the taraweeh. If a person can't get his maghfirat, can't get forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then respected friends and others, is a very sad state. Very, very sad state. So very important for us to give time also to Tawbah and Istighfar. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and repent for one one sin. And make a firm pledge that I'm not going to go back to that sin again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanakallah, bihamdi, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله وإليك يرجع الأمر كله على نيته وسره اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار اللهم أجرنا من النار اللهم أجرنا من النار اللهم أجرنا من النار ربنا ارحمهما كما ربيانا صغارا ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا جعلنا مقيمين للصلاة ومن ذريتنا ربنا وتقبل دعاء ربنا اغفر لنا ولوالدينا وللمؤمنين يوم يقوم الحساب يا أرحم الراحمين يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا الله فقف على وسنز يا أرحم الراحمين يا الله فقف على وسنز وميجسنز يا الله يا الله فقف the sins we have committed knowingly and the sins we committed unknowingly يا أرحم الراحمين يا الله give us توفيق يا أرحم الراحمين of abstaining from sins throughout our lives يا الله يا الله grant us توبة نسوحة يا أرحم الراحمين sincere توبة and repentance يا ذا الجلال والإكرام Ya Allah, forgive the sins of our parents, Ya Allah. Of our wives and children, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. And of our friends and associates, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. And our families, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the sins of the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, we know that the greatest barrier between us and you are our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the cause of, of your punishment are our sins, Ya Allah. The cause of the taklif and difficulty we enjoy, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen, is because of our sins. Ya Allah, give us the understanding, the true understanding, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen, of the ill effect of sin. And give us the strength and ability and tawfiq to abstain from sin, at, from sin at all times, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Ya Allah, bless us with the life of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Give us tawfiq of increasing in our obedience to you and obedience to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, grant us complete hidayat, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Ya Allah, grant hidayat to our family, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Hidayah to the entire Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram, grant us afiyat, safety and, and, and protection in our Hamur Rahimin. Protection in our deen, in our dunya, in our bodies, in our wealth, in our families, Ya Arhamur Rahimin, and Afiat in the Akhirat, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram, those of us who are sick and ill, Ya Arhamur Rahimin, or those of our friends and family that are sick and ill, and those who are sick and have requested du'as from us, Ya Arhamur Rahimin, grant all complete shifa, Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram. Ya Allah, grant shifa quickly, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. And grant all of us good health, Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram. Ya Allah, all, all of our near and dear ones and friends that have left this dunya, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Fill their kubur with nur, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill their graves with, with nur and light, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Shower your blessings and your mercy and your barakat upon their, their souls, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, save them from adabul qabr. Save them from punishment of the grave and punishment in the akhirah, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram, make it easy for us also, Ya Allah, when we reach that stage, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, have mercy on us also, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, give us tawfiq, Ya Arhamur Rahimin, that our, our best days of our life be the day we meet you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let the last day of our life be the best day of our life, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, give us tawfiq in that final moment to recite the shahada, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, protect us, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Keep us with iman and our families and our progenies with iman, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Keep us steadfast in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, create nafrat and hatred in our hearts for sin for, 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 and for all the wrongs that are in society, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, save us from extravagance, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Save us from, from pride, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Save us from all other sins, Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram. Spiritual maladies, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Rid us of spiritual maladies. Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram. Bless us with good qualities and good akhlaq and the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Bless us with contentment, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, make our children the coolness of our eyes, Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram. Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Make us the coolness of the eyes of our parents, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, let our spouses fulfill our rights and give us tawfiq of fulfilling their rights, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, those who are looking for spouses and looking, for, uh, looking to marry, Ya Arhamur Rahimin, grant them the best of spouses and comp- most compatible of spouses, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who, are, who, who, act, who want children and don't have children, Ya Arhamur Rahimin, grant them pious offspring, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, you protect us and protect our families and the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya, ya Arhamur Rahimin, send down your nusrat and your help for the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, the Muslims are suffering from one end of the globe to the other, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Muslims are suffering. The Rohingya Muslims in Bangladesh, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, the Uyghur Muslims in China, Ya Allah. The Muslims in Iraq, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. The Muslims in Syria, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, in Palestine, Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram. Ya Allah, in Yemen, Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram. Ya Allah, in different parts of Africa and wherever else in the dunya, the Muslims are suffering, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, you send down your help quickly, Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram. Make it easy for them, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, keep us safe and secure, Ya Arhamur Rahimin, in our areas and our country, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect Islam and the Muslims and a good environment that we have here in our country, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, save us and our families from the fitnas outside, Ya Arhamur Rahimin, and temptation of the dunya, Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram. Ya Arhamur Rahimin, save us and protect us, Ya Dal Jalali wal Ikram. Ya Allah, grant us whatever good and khair Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked for and protect us from, from all the shar that Rasulullah and the evil Nabi, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, assist those and bless those and guide those that are making an effort for the revival of deen throughout the dunya. 
whether it be in the form of form of da'wat and tabligh, whether it be in the form of ta'lim and ta'allum, whether it be in the form of tazkiyah and tasawwuf, ya arhamar rahimin, whether it be in the form of, of khidmat khalq and humanitarian aid, ya dal jalali wal ikram, whether it be in the form of writing books, whether it be in the form of lecturing, ya dal jalali wal ikram. Whoever is doing whatever he is doing, ya arhamar rahimin, to serve the deen, ya Allah, guide them, help them, Bless them and accept their efforts, Ya Jalali wal Ikram. Even if it be a person who is doing his bit by giving a donation for the sake of deen, Ya Allah, accept it from him, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, protect us and our families, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Dil Jalali wal Ikram. When, when moth comes, it must be with Shahada, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Save us from Adabi Qabr, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Grant us a place in the shade of your arsh on that day, Ya Dil Jalali wal Ikram. Ya Allah, allow us to enter Jannatul Firdaus without any hisab, without any reckoning, Ya Dil Jalali wal Ikram. Ya Allah, we can't give hisab, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Dil Jalali wal Ikram. Even for one meal that we have, Ya Allah, we have no nothing to show for it, Ya Dil Jalali wal Ikram. Don't take us to task, don't take our hisab, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Dil Jalali wal Ikram. Have mercy on us and on the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Dil Jalali wal Ikram. ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك تمام النعمة ودوام العافية وحسن الخاتمة وصلى الله تعالى على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمة الله